Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organise a meet-up with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or logarize with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's, of course, the great man, Dave McKenzie. How are you? The, the great man. Yeah, I'm I didn't w- say the tall man. And I I'm, the okay, man. I'm, I'm happy to just <laughs> stop the pod right now. Very good. I'm Thank very you good. for joining us. I'm very good. It's lovely to be here. Uh, this is... We're sort of back to the studio. Yeah. Things feel normal. Do you know, I was pushing the buttons uh, as we come along. I went, it's a long time since we've done this. It's all, I I just had lunch on the street. It was almost claustrophobic. There was people everywhere. It was like, whoa. How good, how good did it feel though? Look, it felt, hey, it felt great. But you know what? If I'll just, a little, a little, little personal thing. I'm going to the G tonight. Ah. If, if anyone who knows Melbourne. The MCG. Yeah. Is is that, that 90, that there'll be 90,000 people there. That's when I know Melbourne is back, baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, no, it's all happening, but we're here to talk cycling, aren't we? Exactly, we are. And we're here to talk about, I mean, uh, yeah, Slovenians ring supreme. Supreme. That's uh, pretty much how we can summarize the last, what, 10 days? Yeah. Tirreno Adriatico. And Paris-Nice. Yeah, let's, let's dive straight away into Paris-Nice because this was on, on SBS and you actually were commentating on, on yes. it brilliantly, I should say, as well. Uh, Primoz Roglic, with him, we always sort of up to the last day. We're not too sure if he's going to win it or not. And again... There was a little monkey. <laughs> there was a little monkey that I think it actually was more of a gorilla that crawled onto his back. Yeah. It, he, it's like think- he gets the last day... Not so much jitters, but or maybe the jitters, the bad, the mm-hmm. bad legs, and kudos to Bike Exchange with Simon Yates. Simon Yates almost stole the race off him on that final twenty kilometres. Yeah. So how close was this in the end? He was it never was, close enough. Or? No, it was close. It was close. Yates sort of talked it down and said, "I knew it was always going to be difficult." He said, "I was going all out for the stage win," and he was GC anyway. So you win the stage. Do you we hold call your BS place. on this one? Like you, re- it wasn't really good uh, just for the stage win. No, I think. No, I think he was being fair, but I guess when you're when you're a fly on the wall as as we are as commentators or reporters, and you're watching it and you're watching what's unfolding, you're more aware of the time gaps. Okay. At, than they are, you know. Even with radios and Yeah, well, you've got it in, but he's going, you know, his heart rate's at 220. He's, he's completely giving it everything. So I think he was being really honest. But saying that, there was it was Wout Van Aert who saved Perry Nees I, I was for, say, yeah, for Roglic. I was going to say, kudos to uh, to Van Aert as well, because this image of the green jersey pulling the yellow jersey yeah. of Perry Are we surprised? No, we're not. We're actually. not. Van Aert's, I mean, he is, he is, he is the Wout, isn't he? Yeah. He's the man. Um but look, take nothing away. I, look, in the end, I was—I I really wanted the eights to win, being being biased for bike exchange, mm-hmm. and and you know he's building towards the Giro. However, I am happy for Roglic. He'd never won Paris Nice. He crashed out last yep. year on the final day. 
you know, amongst other events where it's happened on the final day, he's lost the lead. So I was glad that he, he sealed the deal and, you know, got that sort of monkey off the back a little bit. So if we look at the form, actually, it's a very good point you're pointing here. Uh, Yates is clearly targeting the Giro. And from what we saw in the, the, the seven days between Paris and Nice, uh, he's on form. Yep. He's, he's on a very, he, very good shape. But he's on a trajectory like exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. So where what can we read from this form and... That brings me to the next question. Roglic is going to dip at some point. We can't keep this form all the way to France. To, no, to the front. Yeah. He's not doing a job. No, so there's the difference. The difference is Roglic's form and, and, and Tour de France hopefuls, their form at the moment, depending on their programs, but it's up, it's high. So they can afford to go up fairly high level and they'll hold that probably until Liège okay. around then. Then they'll have a dip, maybe a short break and a dip. And then they'll build, build back up with the tr- traditional, you know, Tour de Suisse, um, the, the Dauphiné, as we know, and and in recent years, Tour of Slovenia. So, so Yates, so really Roglic's form is higher than, say, someone like Yates. So I'm confident with Simon Yates that his form is still on the up because he's building towards a Giro real peak, whereas... Roglic, Pogaccio, all these guys are peaking now because they can afford to have a dip before July. Okay, interesting. Uh, that, that's my theory, anyway. No, it's, I mean, it's it sort of not. makes sense. It sort of makes sense in the, in the way the shape and the way the way the, the yeah the shape of the uh, of their peak of form yeah. should be during the year. Uh, one point I wanted to make with Roglic, uh, I was disappointed a couple of times because. At the end of the the stage, you could see him there re- being super nice, friendly. Wife was there, kid mm. was there, having fun with the kid. I'll bring the kid on the podium, and then the interview, boom, nothing more, nothing less than yes. before. <laughs> well, you go, he's got a kid on his on his lap. He could have played it out. Kino boom. and I were the same. Yeah, look, okay. I think it's just it. Yeah, we were we were the same, and Kino especially was like, "Oh, I'm getting excited for this interview." I, I, tell, you, I tell you, yeah, exactly. I tell you a little thing. I was messaging our dear friend uh, Catherine saying. Oh, he's got the kid. And she's like, yeah, yeah I'm staying up for this one. I was yeah. going to go to bed. I'm staying up for this one. Yeah. And then nothing. <laughs> no, nah, he, he's just deadpan. He's just, uh, look, I think it's just his character. Yeah. I think you've really got to, and even Seb PK, who is, you know, I think he's one of the best uh, flash live interviewers oh, going absolutely. around. And he even sort of made reference to him having his son there. And, and he, went, he just sort of, he went, yep, yep, yep <laughs> he's here. Yep. Anyway, continue with the interview. Didn't want to. So, I mean, I'd love to, I'm hoping I get to interview him at the tour this year because it's a real challenge, I think. You, guys won't, like you that. won't. You won't because I will. Oh, will you? Well, <laughs> Are we going to fight this one? Well, we better fight this one out, pal. <laughs> you, better bring, you better bring your boxing gloves, dude. <laughs> um, well, there you go. There's our challenge yeah, to, exactly. try and, to try and get him to laugh and have fun in his interviews. Absolutely. Um, that would be nice. Hey, uh, Rowan Dennis was just, incidentally, was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant for Yumba Visma. So he is earmarked for the Tour de France. So Rowie's in great shape mm-hmm. and looking really good. Uh, actually, let's uh, go even wider than this. Yumbo Visma are in great shape because they, they dominated Paris from start to finish. One, two, three on two stages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yellow jersey from day one with Laporte, yep. then Wood Van Aert, then Roglic. Individual then, TT. Yeah. They, they were our top three. Yeah. Green jersey with uh, Van Aert. Uh, the shape of that team is frightening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. However, however, Let's sidestep to Italy because in Italy we saw the Pog. Yeah. Today Pogaccia, of course, completely destroy the Terreno Adriatico field, like easily. Yeah. And 
he is on another level. Absolutely. I'm and, sorry and that's, a good, that's a good segue, but uh, is there anything can the, the Pog can't do? Because uh, winning Tirreno Adrico is, is well, okay, he, he can definitely do it, but the way he's done it. Okay, so he, I'm, going to, I'm going to say something now, and I'm not calling it now, but I'm going to put it, plant the seed in your mind and in an, all of our listeners. They say you shouldn't compare generations, right? And mm-hmm. I generally tend to agree with that. So if we go back to the Eddie Merckx era, you know, and, and eras around then and even post that, the Phil Anderson era, I call it Greg LeMond era, they, riders raced everything. There, was, there wasn't real specialisation as individual time trialists or one-day classic riders. They rode the classics, they rode the time trials, they rode the Grand Tours. Mm-hmm. So the same guy could win Milan-San Remo and then go and win the, the Tour de France, which has happened. Vincenzo Nibali has won Milan-San Remo. But more, more importantly, a race like Flanders or Roubaix, you very, very rarely get a Tour de France winner win either of those races. Yeah. It's, I couldn't tell you the last 20 years. I don't think there's been a know, Tour de France winner that has won Flanders or Roubaix, mm-hmm. right? Bernardino did it? I said 20 years. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm being serious. So <laughs> yeah, go yeah, back, no, I agree, if, I agree. If, if we go back to Eno, so Eno won Roubaix, we know that. He could be the last one. Yeah, he might be well, one, one of the him. last ones. One yeah. of the last ones, all right? So since then, Pogacar, at the moment, he's doing Milan-San Remo. He's down to do Flanders. If he wins Flanders... That's a different level. I think we need to start We need to start asking the question, and the question can't be answered for a few more years, but is he going to become the greatest cyclist that we've ever seen? Mm-hmm. Merck's included, Eno included, because to win Flanders or Roubaix in this day and age, when they really specialise, is almost harder. It is harder. Yeah. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. harder. You know, you can't you can't get a tour rider going up against the likes of well Cancellara, for example, in the era just gone, or or the era now with Mathieu van der Poel, Welt van Aert. Um, you know, these guys, Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe. Yeah. So if the Pog, I'm saying it now, if the Pog wins Flanders. We have a special podcast. I think <laughs> we've got someone. We know we've got someone special, but we need to start asking the question over the next three, five years: Is he the greatest cyclist yeah. that we've ever seen? Absolutely. Let us know what uh, what you think. Actually, yeah. on the, the comments. If you on, think on I'm the... talking rubbish, people say it. <laughs> Catch Just let send us it know. to Christoph. Um, Christoph at, <laughs> at um... SBS uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I think it's I think it's a fair, and I would never have said that. I don't know five years ago. You mm-hmm. know, you can't compare a generation to the, the past. And, at this stage, you. We probably well, we may we may have to at some special. point. Yeah, at some point, yeah. the pog may get us to ask that question ourselves. <laughs> if we go back to the Tirreno Adriatico, actually, uh, Caleb won won a stage as well. He did. So really good performance there. Yeah. Uh, what else can we or have we learned from from the, from uh, from that competition? From Tirreno. Um, yeah. Look, I think I think what we learned is that to repeat ourselves, Pogacar is definitely on another level. He is. That stage or two stages, one stage he won solo by a minute 30, whatever. He runs Strata Bianca the week before attacking on a descent. You know, he can he, he wins at will mm-hmm. and wins and attacks whenever he wants to. It doesn't matter if the road's going up, down, sideways, whatever. Um, but of the sprinters collectively, um, because Jakobsen was at Paris-Nice, he got a stage win. Caleb, as you said, got a stage win at Tirreno. Um, Thibaut Pino, yeah, top 10. Top 10 overall at Tirreno. He was eighth. Uh, he's 32 years old this year. He said his morale at the moment is a nine out of 10. It's almost like 
we'd forgotten about him mm-hmm. the last 12 but months, I we, feel. We have forgotten about him. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's one of my faves, and I still hurt for him a little bit from that Tour de France a couple of years back when I think he possibly had the best chance to win it. Remember, we, we were. We were in, a, in this uh, Irish pub having a burger, waiting for, uh, for the So that was the last one we, yeah, we were on the ground. Yeah, yes, that, that was, was 2019. Yeah. Yes, that's a few years ago now. Yeah. Gee, I'd love to see him get back to that level again. He's 32. I think he still can. Age-wise, he's, you know, he's, um, it's still, he's still got it in him. And if he's saying his morale is super high, um, so let's just watch this space with Pino. What else do we read from that? Look, oh, Warren Bargill is back. Yeah. He is back. Stage win. So he's back, which is good to see. Great to see the Frenchman get a win. And if I can just touch, go back on Paris-Nice, I'm jumping back and forth from these two tours. Mathieu Bergadou. Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't you have loved to have put 50 bucks on him? <laughs> oh, and, and the way he's done it as well, holding that outraging or, or roaring peloton oh, for what, two meters, one meter? So, but I, not... I, I, I actually, uh, did you hear the interview after? Uh, when I he won did. The stage? It was in French. In French. He was in tears. He was in tears. And was... He, he was saying with all the stuff that has happened to his life. Yeah. He was thinking his last meters not yet again. I, I can't <laughs> lose just here, and that's probably what gave him this extra humph. That was to, that to, was to a brilliant, that brilliant. I mean, it was it wasn't a it was. I mean, you know, there's no flukes ever, right? Yeah. To, to win a bike race, you got to be good. But funnily enough, as well, it's, it's probably the only bright thing at the minute from Total Energies because yeah. uh, because Sagan is not shining. So, no, although he was back at Milan Torino, he was top five. So, yeah, but is so he really shining? No, he's not. But he's on his way back. He's been a okay. bit sick um, because there was a there was a bronchitis. Bronchitis. Yeah, <laughs> was going around Paris and Torino, like a lot of riders pulled out of both. Paris yeah. ended with fifty five riders. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But Alaphilippe will talk about it. But he's uh, pulled out of Milan Torino yeah. because of that as well. Yeah. So, but no, Bergadou's victory. There's was... another one I'm going to throw at you uh, for Paris if we jump back and forth. Yeah. Quintana. Quintana did really yeah, well. He at was he was yeah, good. yeah, he was good. He was good. And he you was... guys made a very good point in a, in the commentary that he's uh, good. He's not winning, but he's also scoring points for a potential world license coming next year. Yeah, in, I think that was Kino who pointed yeah. that out. Yeah, very good point. No, it was a good point. And look, he has had a win this year already, uh, early, early mm-hmm. in the season. Quintana, I think. Uh, I can't think of the race. I've forgotten a French race, but he, he won the stage and won the overall on the final day. so But I think at this point, we need to talk about Milan San Remo because we just talked about uh, Alaphilippe not being here. And, uh, How so, sad are you? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10? I don't care about Milan San Remo if he recovers <laughs> and wins something else this year. Uh, you are, in a way. You uh, but having said, this, having said this, if we come back, because we haven't done really a podcast on this uh, Stratibianca, that, that, that fall he had. Uh, oh my goodness! Massive. If you haven't seen it, and I'm Go sure if you listen, social media. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you must have seen this fall. But uh, this, this basically the flip and landing on your back like this. How I mean, how hard does it feel? But how much effect this could have in the weeks after? I don't think. Do think? I don't think. I think. Well, from all accounts, he was fine. Yeah. So he was okay. So I don't think it will have any actually. And look, what he hasn't lost is his nerve. He's you know, he showed he's going full gas, but it was a. There was more spectacular than than actual damage done, yeah. which was good. That's. <laughs> have you seen how high the bike? Oh, it's crazy! He did a full <laughs> somersault in yeah. the air, and yeah, I mean, he was extremely lucky. And there were guys that were worse off than him. He was the first to sort of to go down. Or yeah. the guy in front of him went down actually, and then yeah, because that wasn't his fault. Yeah, he didn't. That, no, it wasn't. That's what catapulted <laughs> him over. But but he, he's not going to be at Milan San Remo. No, so that's a shame. Can I? 
Can I reel off the names? Just just a bunch of potential winners who will be there. Michael Matthews, Caleb Ewan, second twice. Phil Gilbert, the elusive monument that's missing from his Palmares. Wout Van Aert, Roglic, Viviani Garner for Ineos and Pidcock. Demar, apparently his arm is still a bit stretched from when he won it in, um, back in 20, <laughs> 2015, 16. Don't ask me why yeah. it's stretched. I'm not saying anything, but apparently his arm is still a bit of a stretch, but he's there, former winner. John Degenkolb is there, who won in 2015. Christoph, who won in 2014, is there. Pogacar is there. Steuben, last year's winner with Mads Pedersen for Trek. Sagan is on the start line and Sam Bennett. Yeah, Remember okay. Sam Bennett, the Irishman for Bora now. That field is huge. That, oh, it's massive. Mm. It's going to be a, a brilliant monument because Pog, it's a question of not will, it's a question of when he, will he attack. Yeah. And Roglic the same. And, and, uh, and my understanding is that the route has changed a little bit and it's going to be a, lo- a, a bit harder for sprinters. So therefore it's opening up Ooh. a bit more for other, uh, other riders. Okay, yeah, okay. I haven't heard too much. I presumed it was quite similar. I think they might have added one hill, but that's that's a lot okay. earlier, I think. I could be wrong. But I, I, it's I, still a Chipressa and Poggio, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the, I mean, of all his names, we I want Gilbert to win. Oh. He, he, he deserves it. If there's one he needs I to sort win, of agree, this one. Yeah. Well, it's, you, you like to be around, it's like to witness history. Yeah. And, well, I think there's been a couple that have won the five, but in this era, again, if Gilbert could win Milan San Remo, he's won he's won all five monuments yeah. then. I mean, and that that is that hasn't happened since Merckx, I think. Yeah. So we're talking major. And 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 we know how mad Belgians are about the cycling and how uh, mad they are about Wood von Aert and and yeah. it would be really nice for an older guy. I just, <laughs> just complete the, the form yeah. though. Nah, I don't think, tough, but he yeah. is Phil Gilbert, and remember, he's on the same team as Caleb. Yeah. And Caleb was second last year. Steuben was off the front, and then he and he and Caleb was also second in 2018 to uh, Nibbly, and Nibbly was off the front. So Caleb was the quickest guy out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So I think Caleb's totally hunting for it. He pulled out of uh, Tirreno early, early to be ready, as did a bunch of sprinters yeah. from both both events. Um, but it is a cracker field, isn't it? Absolutely. It is an and I'm sure we want to watch field. this this weekend. Yeah. Uh, happening this weekend in Italy. Uh, no Cavendish, though. Controversy? Not controversy. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Fabio Jakobsen, same team, sprinter, has had six wins this year. He's, he won KBK, Kern of Brussels, Kern. Paranisi won a stage. Algarfi won two. Valenciana, he won two. And he goes to Milan San Remo in place of Alaphilippe. Cav just won Milan Torino, yeah, uh, overnight two days ago. So his form's good. I mean, I've got to say it. The guy's incredible. Mm-hmm. But he said he was quoted as saying they asked him. They said, "Oh, you didn't get the call up for MSR. He's won it, remember, in the past." And he said, "No, no. Oh, he goes, no, no. You'll have to ask the team that. The team and I didn't have a discussion. You'll have to ask them why. I would have loved to have gone back." And then he went on to say. And I'm sort of paraphrasing, I'm not doing, I'm on a separate pr- program this year, presuming he means to Jakobsen, and I'll mostly be doing smaller races. However, I will be back at the Giro. Okay. So is he already saying he's most likely not going to the tour? Exactly. 
Oh. And so that, that, oh, is it stirring it? And he said, okay. well, he's stirring it. But he also said, and he doesn't fool me, I don't know about you, I don't care about records. I don't care about records or statistics. I just care about racing and having fun. BS. BS. Mate. BS. Talk Major Scheisenhauser, mate. <laughs> Major Scheisenhauser. Yeah. He, and and you and I, about... we saw it you know, when we were talking about this last year at the Tour de France. Well, yeah. BS. He, he totally wants... He's, so he, he's, he's equal the record, correct? Yes. Of Eddie Merckx yeah. for the most stage wins ever yeah. at the Tour de France. One more and he stands at the very top. I Do mean, you think he's like, yeah, I if he care. gets, I'd love to see him get the chance and get it. <laughs> yeah. But to talk it down and pretend he doesn't care, yeah. mate, you don't yeah. fool us. You might fool all those other tabloid yeah. uh, podcasts that we don't listen to, but you don't fool us, all right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch this space. It will be at least for a few stages to the Tour de France. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, the cool thing is it's, it's going to be a talking point for us and for all the cycling media. Right up until the Tour de France. 100%. So, 100%. Yeah. Any other results? Uh, look, there's been plenty happening. Plenty happening. Um, the, se- the season has really started. Let, let's face it. The yeah, Paris Nice for me is the, the, real, the real start yeah. of, mm-hmm. I guess, the, well, it is the real start of the Euro season. It's the first big stage race of the year. So, too, alongside Tedeno Adriatico. But um, let's just switch to the women for a moment, mm-hmm. shall we? Because we had Nokota. Um, a Belgian one-day World Cup race just a couple of days ago. Uh, Lorena Vibes, she won that for DSM. But Osamo, the Italian world champ, she was in second place. Fidanza, the Italian for bike exchange, she crashed literally in the last 50 mm-hmm. metres, had a pretty nasty crash. She got up, she got across the line. I haven't had a chance to read to see if her injuries are minor or I'm pretty sure she's okay. Grace Brown, our, our good friend Grace Brown, she had a she crashed. Uh, her helmet was destroyed. But she was she okay. said, I'm okay, but my helmet's took a brunt of it. And I saw a picture of her helmet completely destroyed. So Grace is okay, that's what she said, but her helmet is yeah. finished. So that's good news, I guess. Um, of results, Sarah Roy was 10th, Chloe Hosking 11th, and Georgia Baker, um, she she's come from the track. Remember, she's yeah, yeah. a team pursuiter. She finished in that front bunch, but she's she's really sort of kickstarted herself back into the road scene really well. Uh, so good to see Georgia um, racing well, and they have got a bunch coming up. They've got they've got similar races to the men now in terms of. Ronda van Vlaanderen for them is on the same day. Again, Wervelgem, I think, is on the same day. But they've also got Trofeo Alfredo Binder on the 20th of March. And they've got Bruges de Panna on the 24th. So that's this weekend and the following uh, two World Cup races. So they're, they're, the women's season is well and truly now yeah, underway as well. But there's no women uh, Milan Sanremo. No, women's Milan Sanremo. There needs to be. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the one missing. Yeah, it is the one missing. You're right. No, mm-hmm. no, you're right. Because now we've got. Well, the other monument that they haven't got, I believe, is Lombardia. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. But to me, that's the poor cousin of the five mm-hmm. Lombardia. Sorry. Sorry, Lombardia. Ben. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's face it. You got Roubaix, Flanders, Liège, Milan-San Remo, and then Lombardia. Yeah. So, so okay. I think Milan-San Remo, it'd be, it'd be great to see them Absolutely. get one. Yeah. And Absolutely. and literally race that last 150 kilometers. In the Puggio. Yeah. As well. Yeah, it'd be it'd be brilliant. Absolutely. Um, Anything else? Yeah, there is. Uh, Egan Bernal. Oh yeah, he is. Looking he's okay. ahead of schedule. He looking, he's looking okay actually. He's and, on the and trainer. He's actually defeating everything we, we you and I were saying. <laughs> he, he may. 
there's a chance he could get back for the Vuelta. It's it's quite impressive if you follow this on social media. You you see him uh, doing the recovery and and it's uh, he's going really fast faster. Yeah. Is it, is it not too dangerous to go too fast? No, no, because it'll be very very um, monitored. Yeah. So there'd be very, and you got to remember, and we know this, but we need to remind ourselves he's not your average person who just yeah works a nine to five job, walks down the street. He's a super fit human being. He's still got age on his side, like he's still really young. So his body will heal naturally quicker than someone in their, you know, mid 40s yeah. or mid 50s. Um, he's got the right he's help. Fit. He's got the right help. He's medical, got the best but, support, yeah. I would imagine, from anywhere in the world that you could get. So there is a chance, yes, that he could be back for the Vuelta. How good would that be? Yeah. Not yeah. even, not even a race for to win. It'd be just great to see him back this Absolutely. season, and yeah. you know, if he's not, it doesn't matter. But it would be it would be great for him. Right, 100%. Um, a couple of other little tidbits, um, and I won't get too political here, but that's not, that's not like you. That's not like you. Yeah, oh, mate, you, you, I know you chop out ten minutes every time I do a podcast of stuff I say. So, Pavel Sivakov has reportedly changed his nationality. He hasn't reported from it. He Russia. Has he has from he's Russian French. to French, and he's. he's uh, is he will then be available to ride for France in Wollongong? Wow, this that, year, yeah, this year. Wow, yeah. So, so imagine this. That's the whole thing's a bit. Oh, what's going on in the Ukraine is tragic, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's off the charts. It's, but it's also you've got to feel for the Russian athletes, not just cyclists, Russian athletes yeah. in general, who they didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. They just want to chase their dreams. And some of them, life has been made quite yeah. difficult for them. But um, Sivakov was thinking about it a few years ago. He's dual national. He's yeah. Actually, in terms of passport, he's dual national. Yeah. And at some point, he, I think he, he, if that's my reading on it, but he thought he could not make it into the French team, uh, so he made it into the Russian team. But then he probably developed as one of the best future rider we uh, the that world has. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not disappointed. I'm That'd be good. <laughs> I'm more, so I'm, him working for Alaphilippe. Yeah, or or Alaphilippe working for him. Don't know. Whatever he's like, you know. For me, for me, I'm. Uh, I think he's a great recruit for France. That's all. Yeah, That's what I want yeah. to say in this because uh, I think I think this is a actually actually a great addition for the French team. Yeah, yeah. No, so that yeah, so that is interesting. Um, and another point, I think, I think when we did our last pod, this may have just or happened just after. Um, I was going to say it's a bit late, but it's never too late to pay tribute to someone. Uh, Dean Woods. Um, sadly, tragically, most yeah. people listening to this will be aware of it, passed away yeah. a few weeks ago mm-hmm. at the age of 55. He was he was part of Los Angeles' 1984 Teams Pursuit, that sort of famous Teams Pursuit squad that, that you know, weren't, yeah. go, weren't meant to win the Teams Pursuit. They did under Charlie Walsh, under the guise of Charlie Walsh, who then we know went on and had a, you know, a, a, a successful... Um, uh, coaching career, but Dean Woods also had an incredible career. He was junior world champion twice. Um, he he rode a few years in the pros, um, but outside of that, I just want to tell a really short story of my experience with him. I was 18. Dean would have been about 30, I guess, and he was actually racing a little bit back in Australia. And Jerry Ryan, the, the owner and founder of Jayco Caravans, mm-hmm. Jerry actually started the Jayco Pro team back in about 1993. And Dean Woods was part of that. So we were racing. I was racing against him a lot in Australia. He was, you know, and one of the young guys who was nipping at his heels and 
actually beating him. There was a few of us that were sort of beating him here and there, you know. He was so helpful. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't mind getting beaten by younger guys, 10 years younger than him. He actually wanted to support us and help us and give us direction and guidance. Mm-hmm. He was a great mentor and he was a, he was a lovely guy. Uh, he was a pro through and through. He was super passionate. And I listened to our friends on the Detour Pod, mm-hmm. um, uh, John Trevor and Dan Jones, a couple of weeks ago, uh, just after he passed away. And they talked a lot about him. It was a tribute to him, actually. And John brought it up. And it was sort of good, actually, because Dean got really um, um, sort of um, political and had a really strong opinion on the national high-performance program, namely yep. the track program. And really, um, you know had a lot of strong opinions about them going in the wrong direction and how they should be going in the right direction and what they should be doing. Really critical, hypercritical. And I read it as well at the time and I thought, God, he's, you know, I think he's, I think he's wrong. I don't think he's correct in everything. He had some good points, but you know what, what he was, was passionate. Mm -hmm. And this, this was actually only a few months, sadly, before he passed away. Mm -hmm. So he was showing that passion right up until his death. So 55 Gone way too soon. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Thoughts and, to all his friends, family, and and that that news really resonated uh, in the whole of the the cycling uh, industry and the the world. Actually, yeah. in Australia, I could see this on social media. Everyone was really affected by this. Yeah, and he's a guy that you know he sort of took a real backseat from cycling. He, he was pretty vocal about stuff, but other than that, he, he you know he wasn't at a lot of bike races. He had cancer for quite a number of years, mm-hmm. and he so it was sort of public but he didn't put it right out there and I think a lot of us didn't realize actually how sick he was until it was obviously you know it it Mm -hmm. took him so but look anyway just a tribute to an amazing athlete but an equally as good a person and yeah absolutely and if you look at the images from the Los Angeles 84 it's just brilliant brilliant inspired inspired a whole generation absolutely Uh, thank you Michael thank you very much this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast before we go let me remind you that you can uh, download stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or of course log a ride with our very good friends at Zwift until next time it's bye for now Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.